This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, June 16th, 2019. Taglines never stop improving. Well, good morning, Connection Church. Welcome to week two of our series that we're calling Taglines. Looking at some corporate taglines, giving a Christ-centered twist. Today we're talking about Lowe's. Never stop improving. Good morning again, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. And I'm Alan Jones. And the uh, reason I'm hobbling a little bit today, I had some uh, knee surgery, a knee replacement. Uh, it'll be two weeks ago, Tuesday, so that's why I wasn't here last Sunday. And I uh, just want to say thank you for all the uh, cards and some uh, notes there on the Facebook and on the internet. But especially thank you for your prayers. They are definitely... Uh, helping the improvement of this thing, so thank you so much. Appreciate it. Follow. Not bad for not even two weeks out, huh? Yeah, yeah, you're doing a great job. Praise God. Yeah, Praise yeah. God. We want to welcome those of you who are joining us on Facebook Live. Barry, if you're looking at us, hi. Hope you're having a great vacation. See you on Tuesday. 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 All right, <laughs> uh, let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you so much for today. Thank you that as sinners who have been saved by your grace, you've, um, you've called us. And as we share your word found in scripture today, God, we thank you for life, for new life each and every day. For life where we just keep our eyes focused on you and we never stop improving in our relationship with you. We give this time in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Everybody agreed and said... Amen. Amen. Lowe's. So as of last November, November 2018, there were 2,002 Lowe's Home Improvement and Lowe's Hardware stores in North America employing around 300,000 people. Their tagline, never stop improving. So as Christ followers, there are highs and lows, aren't there? So highs and Lows, you get it? Yeah, there we go. Christ never promised us smooth sailing. We know that there are highs and lows. There are joys and, and disappointments. There's lots of challenge in life. And in this Christian life, uh, we have tried to grab onto this tagline from Lowe's, never stop improving, to share that no matter what, in our highs and our lows, it's important to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and never stop improving on our relationship with Christ. And so, excuse me, our scripture this morning comes from the book of Philippi, found in the New Testament, second part of the Bible. It's a letter written by Paul to the church at Philippi, and from what we read in the letter, it appears that Paul is in custody although which period of imprisonment this is for him has been highly debated. And so while Paul himself is in a kind of difficult situation, he writes a letter of encouragement to the Philippian church, one of the earliest churches founded in Europe, a church that at this point is facing some serious challenges of its own. Paul was very fond of this church, and it's uh, been very supportive of him financially in his missionary work. In this letter, Paul offers the church some counsel regarding some conflict, both among the Philippians and within their own fellowship. 
In other words, amidst the highs and lows of life in this church, Paul encourages them basically to never stop improving. So let's take a closer look. And so today we are preaching from the book of Philippians, chapter 3. We're going to cover most, we're going to cover the whole chapter. Now, we're reading from a paraphrase called The Message. The Bible that you might have could be the NIV, the New International Version, or some other study Bible. Sometimes we look at the message and it just gives us kind of a different way to look at um, what God is saying to us. So this is Paul, and he writes this. I don't mind repeating what I've written in earlier letters, and I don't Uh, And I hope you don't mind hearing it again. Better safe than sorry. So here goes. Steer clear of the barking dogs. Those religious busybodies all bark and no bite. All they're interested in is appearances. Knife-happy circumcisers. Now that doesn't sound very good, does it? You almost swallowed that. You couldn't even hear it. Yeah, I know. It was hard to even say. And I'm not even a guy. So anyway... (laughs) The real believers are the ones the Spirit of God leads to work away at this ministry, filling the air with Christ's praise as we do it. We couldn't carry this off by our own efforts, and we know it, even though we can list what many might think are impressive credentials. You know my pedigree, Paul says, a legitimate birth, circumcised on the eighth day, an Israelite from the elite tribe of Benjamin, a strict and devout adherent of God's law, a fiery defender of the purity of my religion, even to the point of persecuting Christians. We've talked about that before. A meticulous observer of everything set down in God's law book. So there appears to be an ongoing challenge here as Paul is repeating something he's written before, he says. You see, in some quarters, it was felt that someone needed to become a Jew before they become a Christian. Thus, the comment about the circumcisers. And so these, some people felt that someone should be circumcised, the Jewish custom, prior to becoming a follower of Jesus Christ. What Paul's pointing out is that there's more to being a believer than appearances. That God cares more about what's going on inside than what things look like on the outside. And so he's basically telling the people to stay focused on the real work of the church, which is filling the air with Christ's praise. Don't get sidetracked with appearances, he says, with credentials. Paul points out that he himself has an impressive resume, which he previously prided himself on, and then he briefly outlines that resume in in, in verse 6. And then he goes on past in verses 7 to 9, to point out that this impressive list of credentials is no longer the basis of his authority. He's tearing it up, in fact, and and throwing it out with the trash, is the way he puts it. His authority comes from Christ alone. Let me say that again. His authority comes from, say it with me, Christ Christ alone. alone. Everything he thought once was so important, he once thought was so important, is basically of no value at this point. He, He says, in other words, don't major in the minors. Don't major in the minors. Things like circumcision, your family of origin, your pedigree, so to speak. Paul continues to share, I gave up all that inferior stuff so I could know Christ personally. 
experience his resurrection power, be a partner in his suffering, and go all the way with him to death itself. If there was any way to get in on the resurrection from the dead, I wanted to do it. Talk about all in, huh? All in. Nothing matters. Nothing matters but Christ alone. All that other stuff, all his credentials, his past accomplishments, inferior. Inferior to knowing Christ personally, experiencing his resurrection power, partnering in suffering. Do you hear that? Partnering in suffering all the way to death itself. I'm not saying that I have this all together, that I have made it, but I am well on my way, reaching out for Christ, who so wonderfully reached out for me. Do you hear that? Christ reaches out for each one of you, to each one of you, no matter what, no matter what your circumstance, no matter what you've done, Christ reaches out to you. That's called grace. And he loves you so very much. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all this. But I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm off and running. And I'm not turning back. Amen. That. And so Paul displays some, some humbleness here as he says he doesn't have it all together. As he says he's not an expert on this. And then he uses an analogy of running a race as he points out the importance of staying focused, of keeping the main thing the main thing, of keeping his eye on the goal, God cheering him on to Jesus, running and not turning back. I like the way the New International Version translates this. Check it out. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind uh, and, and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Not just running, straining. Are there things in your life that you know were right there and you're, you're not just running, you're straining Toward it. Can you feel that? The straining, straining toward what's ahead. Paul's saying, I'm putting everything into it, not holding back, all in, all in. He's saying, it's not my past that's important, and it's not your past that's important. It's not at all. Whether our past is good or bad, something we're proud of, something we're ashamed of, no turning back, no looking back. Take today as a gift and look onward, look forward, because God has such great, awesome plans for our lives. Ain't it? It might not be something big, but it could be something big just at your dinner table tonight and the way you have conversation together. That's really big and pleasing to God. Press on, strain toward the future. Paul writes, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Mm. Running the race. When I, when I was in high school, I think I've shared this before, but it certainly bears repeating. When I was in high school, I went out for track. Yeah. Now, actually, I was about half the guy than I am now, so it was a little more believable. Anyway, I don't know why I went out for track, because I've never enjoyed running, even when I could run. I've never enjoyed it, but I guess 
at least in high school, that's the one team they don't cut anybody, okay? And, and, and so I thought, okay, here's one team maybe I could make. Now, I wasn't, I wasn't fast enough to be a sprinter, not strong enough to be a shot putter, so distance, distance, mile, two mile, that's it, the two mile, yeah. So, so um, it was practice, after school, you know, we practice, we'd do some running. So Mike, who I knew from band, he was another drummer, and I, we decided we'd run up to my house. My house was like two miles from the school, and, and I wouldn't dream personally of running two miles today, but um, back then I re-ran the two mile and everything was fine. And then it broke down. Then everything broke down when I ran in the house, grabbed the donut, and got my sister to give us a ride back to school. <laughs> Needless to say, my high school track experience was rather short-lived. It, 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 it just wasn't for me. Now, my friend John, on the other hand, well, he was relentless in his after-school workouts. Somebody told me once he was running with a sandwich, but it wasn't like me with a donut getting a ride. He was running because he he didn't want to take the time off to eat lunch. You know, he's running. He's double-tasking there. Now, he didn't do donuts. He didn't do rides. He ran. And he ran. He's like Forrest Gump. He ran. Hundreds and hundreds of miles. He never stopped running. And as a result, he never stopped improving. And he was like Mr. All-World when it came to track things. He was like all-state, um, cross-country. He was like number one mile or number one team. Another guy, they alternated between being number one mile and two mile in the state. You see, the reason for that is because running the race, giving the prize, doesn't just happen, does it? It doesn't just happen. It takes work. It takes dedication. It takes being relentless amidst the highs and lows. It takes, it takes not running in the house, grabbing a donut, and getting a ride back to school. You know, I'm sure there were days where John probably didn't want to run. But that's not what he chose to do. Even on those days, he still ran. So Paul's talking about a race in this passage in Philippians, which is a metaphor for the race that we're in, and it's called life. Life. In this life, we know there's highs, and we know that there's lows. We know that there's challenges and there's triumphs. And it's so important for us as those who claim Christ as our Lord and Savior for us to keep our eyes focused on the goal not earthly treasures, but heavenly treasures. Peace and grace and mercy that just doesn't come except in a relationship with Jesus. You know what? We should not dwell in the past. That is just the evil one having a hold on us. But looking at the day that we've got and looking toward our future, focusing on what's ahead. Never stop improving. And when we talk about that, we're not talking about works. Although it's important to express our love and devotion to God through those things that we do. But doing those things don't always produce a Christ follower. It's just things. Unless we take in the scripture, unless we take in and and really work hard, keeping our eyes focused on the relationship with Jesus. 
It's important to never stop trying to be the person that God created us to be when God first thought of us. Amen that. So last week, by the way, great job last week. Uh, Carrie was talking about denying oneself and, and said that she said that's what happens in devoted Christ-centered marriages. And, and then used our marriage as an example of that, I think. But, you know, for us, it wasn't like that on day one. It wasn't an absolutely fully devoted, you know, uh, day one. That day one was January 7, 1978. And Carrie and I said yes, pledged our lives together. But, you know, that wasn't when things came to a close. That was a starting point. That was the beginning of an opportunity of creating what you talked about, a devoted uh, marriage. We were in love, but I wouldn't say we were totally devoted. We don't even know what that meant. How could we know what that meant? You guys been married a while. You know what I'm talking about here, right? Can I get an amen? Yeah. I wouldn't say our marriage was all it could be at that point. That's because the wedding wasn't the end. It was the beginning, the beginning of an opportunity for us to get ever closer in our relationship with each other, devoting ourselves to each other, for us to day to day to day to day to day today. Watch out. <laughs> today. <laughs> Spent a lot of days in 41 years. Yeah. Day by day by day to try to get this thing right. And you know, some days we get it right. Some days we don't. We're getting it right more often than we used to, aren't we? <laughs> Some days we're better at it than others. But the point is, we keep, keep at it because we never stop improving. And, it, and you never stop improving. It takes hard work. It takes effort. It takes dedication. And it takes just keeping your eye on the prize Highs and no matter what the highs and lows are, to never stop improving. So, our summer sizzler this summer in January in July is called the crazy cycle in marriage, and we're really excited about it. A small group experience, four weeks, Wednesday nights, childcare. Just be a part of that. It's really going to be a fun fun four weeks and there is a sign up sheet that will be out next week for that we hope that you'll take part in that so our relationship with Jesus is kind of like what Alan described when when our yes with God isn't the end it's the beginning it's the beginning to get to know who he is and whose we are and um, we should never stop improving like Alan's friend John just on a daily basis uh, running, we need to do things too to stay connected to God. Our workout is not physical in nature, but spiritual. Instead of disciplining, disciplining ourselves to run, it's a disciplining ourselves to, um, to connect in ways, and we call them spiritual disciplines. Say spiritual disciplines. Spiritual disciplines. So the first spiritual discipline, we're going to kind of breeze through them, but they're all, there's more than what we're going to share today. But the first one, we talk about this every single Sunday, is prayer. Prayer. We have to have this communication with God. 
it's a vertical relationship. And not only uh, giving God our, our thoughts and our hearts and our joys and our, our troubles, but also listening. God's not some uh, personal Santa Claus, <laughs> but, but to share really, really what's on our hearts. He wants to know what's on our hearts, what our hurts are, what our needs are. And then it's important for us to listen for God's direction or comfort through the Holy Spirit. And then there's time reading and meditating on the scriptures. Not just getting through it as quickly as possible so you can check it off the to-do list for the day. <laughs> reading, really reading, asking yourself questions about what you're reading, doing maybe research. You know, with the internet, there's no end, but be careful. Not everything on the internet is, is a, a good thing. Make sure what you're, what you're using for background. But better than the internet's the Holy Spirit. You know, seek the Holy Spirit as you're reading. Uh, Holy Spirit, please guide me. Holy Spirit, please convict me. Are there areas here that I need to <laughs> step up? Are there areas here that you're telling me I need to make some changes in my life? Holy Spirit, um, please help me to understand what this scripture means to me personally and, and, and how I can respond to it in my day-to-day -day being. When I read scripture, I always start with, Holy Spirit, open my eyes and take the cloak off. Unscale my eyes. Because sometimes I'm just not seeing clearly. And, and there are many times when I read and I still don't see clearly. But when you just keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it, it's going to hit some of the time, isn't it? And, and Alan, there's sometimes when I read scripture and I'm just not feeling it. And, but I do it anyway. Because I know that that discipline, if, I, if I'm reading and it's like not hitting and I read it the next day and it's not hitting and I read it the next day and it's not hitting, what happens? You just say, well, this isn't worth it. I'm going to quit reading. Don't do that. Just keep at it. Keep at it. Keep at it. That's what we're talking about. Keeping at it. All right. So the next thing we want to talk about is spending time in solitude and reflection. And that's kind of a hoot that that's my um, part that I have to say because it's probably what I struggle with the most, the solitude part, because in my life, and I know it in many of your lives, it's like go, 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 how much can I multitask at once? And, and when I do that, there's no room for God because everything is so jammed up, so jammed up that I can't even weed it out myself. <laughs> and so... <laughs> That's kind of how I'm feeling this past week, and it's just so not good. It would be better for me to set aside my huge to-do list and go take a walk around the block, just me and God, and then perhaps maybe I could really be effective in what I do. Solitude. Solitude, reflection. Reflection, time thinking about Scripture, time thinking about your relationship with Jesus, time thinking about how you apply this Christian living to your life is never wasted time. Because reflection is that kind of self-inventory and asking the Holy Spirit to work in our hearts to see, to see, to see. So solitude, it's a really important, beneficial spiritual discipline. And then we have the opposite of solitude, spending time in community with Christian friends, encouraging, sharing, caring, daring, 
some group time, a small group time, where you have the opportunity to bounce things off people you trust, where the questions that, that came to you during your Bible study or during your solitude, you, you can share those and get another perspective on them, again, from someone that you've been spending some time with, Christian time, Christ-centered time, time where you know that you can trust them with what you're telling them and with what they're telling you. I've been in a small group for lots and lots of years, and, and I can study on my own, but when I go in the group and, and hear what the others say, it's like, wow, God uses others to help me grow, <clears throat> never stop improving. I barged in on a small group that meets here on Saturday mornings because I just thought maybe they could help us drive this point home. So I did it on my iPhone. I actually held the phone. Randy complimented me because I held the iPhone in the right way. Last Sign her I, up, Carl. Last time I did it, Barry said, Carrie, you don't hold it this way. You hold it this way. So I remembered to do it. So this is um, just shot yesterday. Take a look. Okay, guys, I just interrupted your Bible study, but I thought you could help us with our sermon. So here I am filming you on my iPhone, and you've been together for a long time. Um, why are you here? Somebody, is that you, Bruce? Well, yeah, what's interesting about that question, why am I here? Okay, I'm, I'm here for two reasons. Number one is I, I love the truth of God's Word, and I want to continue to be in it. But number two, I love these guys, and uh, I want to help each one of them as best I can. Okay, wow. Anybody else? I'm here for the fellowship and uh, to, to get closer to the Word of God and uh, to learn from uh, my brothers at this table and listen to their wisdom and what they think about the things and discuss, you know, what is God's purpose for us and, and how we better understand the will of God. Cool. You know, some of you have been studying for a long time. Why do you keep doing it? You keep doing it because you can never learn enough. Uh, I find this rewarding every week. I walk out of here with some something that I did not come in with, and it helps me recharge my batteries in the middle of the week uh, because we need to commune frequently with our believers. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for letting me interrupt you. Um, I really appreciate it, and have a blessed day. Wave to the camera, everybody. Take care. Okay. They look pretty tickled. Well, you should have seen <laughs> our faces when I walked in. Like, they were probably in the middle of this really important point. I'm like, hi, everybody. It's like, ah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> they handled it well, and yeah, I, I, like never gave, I never prepped them, so that was the real stuff. <laughs> and then we have um, small group celebration. Then we have large group celebration, worship, we call it, like we're here this morning. Yeah, you know, um, you can, you can do this on your own. I, I did it last week, and thanks, I'm so thankful we had the streaming because I was able to watch the worship. See, notice that I said watch the worship. I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't as participatory. It was like here, and I was here. You know what I'm saying? And I watched Carrie preach. Great job, by the way, the praise team and all. But it's just different when we're here together, isn't it? It's and I'm not saying there's, that, you know, if, if what we have to do is watch it on, online, you know, but there's something about being together, praising and celebrating God. And, you know, I, I, I looked up Psalm 100, and it just, it just expresses it. It says, shout with joy to the Lord all the earth. 
Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with singing, with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts. These are his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good. His failing love continues forever and his faithfulness continues to each generation. Yeah. Good word. Good word. Continuing on with Philippians 3, picking it up at verse 15. Paul says, so let's keep focused on that goal. Those of us who want everything God has for us. If any of you have something else in mind, something less than total commitment, God will clear your blurred vision. You'll see it yet. Now that we're on the right track, let's stay on it. And so Paul is in full encouragement mode here for the church at Philippi. They're being distracted both from without and from within, and he's telling them to stay focused, telling them that God will help them to stay focused, to stay committed. With God's help, they can stay on the right track. With God's help, they can keep on improving. Good word for us as well. With all the distractions, with all the busyness out there, you know, sometimes it's just really, really hard to function. But we've got to remember that our mission field isn't here. Our mission field is out there. That's, that's where we can really make a high impact for Jesus through our actions, through our words, maybe. Just through our demeanor. You can do that in your home, at your dinner table, with your family, with the family of believers, with the family of non-believers, at your workplace, on the ball field, at Little League, wherever, wherever. And so our ministry takes place out there, and it's so important for us to, to get ready. And, and that's never stop improving. Get ready by practicing those spiritual disciplines because God just calls us up every day to do something for him out there. And so we're running a race and we need to never stop running. We can stop and rest, but ultimately we just can't stop running. Philippians three seventeen through 19. Paul says, stick with me, friends. Keep track of those you see running this same course, heading for this same goal. There are many out there taking other paths, choosing other goals, and trying to get you to go along with them. I've warned you of them many times. Sadly, I'm having to do it again. All they want is Easy Street. They hate Christ's cross, but Easy Street is a dead-end street. Those who live there make their bellies their gods. Belches are their praise. All they can think of is their appetites. Kind of graphic, isn't he? Amen that. <laughs> so he's saying stay focused. Don't get distracted. Don't allow others to lead you down a wrong road. Boy, that's really easy to, to walk into a room and maybe there's gossip and you just jump right in. Or, or you go to another place and there's stuff going on and you just know you shouldn't be there or participate in it. Don't allow that to happen. And it's not always easy, is it? It's not easy. Following the cross of Christ never is. Of course, it wasn't easy for Jesus either. Remember, he was human, yet divine. 
It wasn't easy for Jesus. He knew. He knew the journey he was on. He knew that he was going to have to pick up the cross literally. We don't have to do that literally. Pick up the cross. Take that journey toward his death. But prior to that, to be beaten, to be spit on, to be whipped. And that's what Jesus did for us. To pay the price for our sin. A perfect Man taking on the sins of the world, yours and mine, so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be free, so that we could reap the ultimate benefit of spending life with Jesus here on earth and in heaven. As soon as we say yes to God, life begins differently. It's like a new life. The old is gone, the new has come. So it's just important to stop saying no. And just take one more step. We don't go from zero to the end. It's a journey, just like any relationship, just like any race. So we need to say yes to the relationship and then the, relation, the ongoing Holy Spirit in and through us as we walk it out. Never stop improving. Daily, yes. Philippians 3, 20 through 21 Paul shares, but there's far more to life for us. Amen. <laughs> We're citizens of high heaven. We're waiting the arrival of the Savior, the Master Jesus Christ, who will transform our earthly bodies into glorious bodies like his own. <clears throat> He'll make us beautiful and whole with the same powerful skill by which he's putting everything as it should be under and around him. Amen. Amen. As Christ followers, we do wait for Jesus' return. But we don't wait idly. We just don't sit and wait. Amidst the highs and the lows of life, the joys and the challenges, we are running the race. Our eyes are fixed on the prize, on Jesus. And we never stop improving as we walk toward getting ever, ever closer to Christ and the person who God designed us to be when God first thought of us. It's a great challenge, but it's for all of us, every single one of us in this race that we call life. That's the good news of the scripture. Let's live it. And let's believe it. Amen? Amen. Amen. As we begin to close with our final song, we just want to encourage you if you've come in, I, I know in this group somebody's come in with some heaviness, with a burden, don't leave with it. Mike and Marie are back there. They'd love to pray with you. You can pray from your seats. It's awesome. These steps are, are open for prayer. Please don't think that somebody's going to judge you in a negative way. It's really a sign of strength to ask for prayer to get on our knees. Would you pray with me, please? Almighty God, thank you so much for your word found in the book of Philippians, running the race. Help us fix our eyes on you. And it's, it's easy to do or easy to even forget about you when, when we're in the highs. And then in the lows, it's like, well, where were you, God? I'm stuck here in the lows, but that's exactly where you are. So thank you. Thank you for your presence with us always. And no matter what we've done, no matter what we're doing, 
Your love is amazing. You are a good, good father. You're a good, good father. That's who you are. You are perfect in every way. And you love us and you call us into that redemptive relationship, exchanging your life so that we could have life abundant. Thank you, God, for being the perfect father. And we're just grateful. I pray this in the name of God the Father, Jesus Christ is one and only Son, and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody agreed and said, Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.